G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. Jenny, before we get into some sort of assessments of how the election campaign might be going and some commentary on some of the important issues that we're facing in this upcoming election, just one important facet of things that have been going on, and we've talked about this over some time, the infant viability bill that was debated in the upper house in Victoria yesterday and of course that bill has been defeated. Uh, What are your thoughts on how things unfolded uh, yesterday afternoon? Well I think it's it's certainly disappointing that the bill failed. It was always very tight. The numbers were um, always going to be a problem because so many of the people in the parliament voted for the abortion bill when it was actually passed in 2008 and of course that abortion bill in Victoria allows abortion up to birth. After 24 weeks, it has to have the permission of two doctors, but it can be for any reason, including social and financial reasons, and those two doctors can actually be abortionists. So, you know, not a a very independent way of assessing, um, you know, whether that's required for the woman's woman's health or whatever else. So certainly Dr. Rachel Carling Jenkins has felt that was one way to actually start to wind back the imposition of the, the abortion bill. There's all sorts of things that we don't like about it, including the conscience of doctors and other things. But she thought if we could actually take it back to the 24 weeks where a baby is viable and to say, look, this baby that would be aborted is is able to live on its own and uh, and that should be significant to, to many of the people. And um, certainly I think that they, they actually had expected more people to vote for it, but often when it comes to it and people have to declare their hand, um, there was a lot of opposition from um, the pro-abortion groups and they are also lobbying the parliament. So it was disappointing. The, the vote was 11 for, 27 against, and two people abstained. So... You know, a bit disappointing in terms of numbers, but but it was was good that 11 people and she names those people and thanks them in in Rachel's letter to people saying really appreciate the people that did vote for the bill. Look, it's easy when there is a defeat of a bill, and particularly since it's taken such a long time to get that debate into the upper house there for a debate yesterday afternoon, and, and of course the vote came, the bill has been defeated. Uh, it's easy to get a little bit sort of uh, let down by that, but uh, the conversation continues, the debate really, uh, this is just another uh, another step forward in the sort of battle that has to be fought in order to uh, fight for the unborn. Well, I think that's right. And, and Rachel, in her letter to supporters, to people who've, who've worked on the bill, who've talked to their politicians on this, she actually says, I've always believed that this bill was about doing what is right. It is right to stand up for mothers and their babies. One day we will look back on this bill as a starting point in turning the tide on abortion here in Victoria. It is our first proactive stand. It is not our last. And she says her resolve doesn't waver. She will continue on. And, um, you know, I think when people actually are confronted with this, you know, are you prepared to let viable babies be killed right up to birth? Um, You know, I think some have actually said, look, no, we're not prepared to do that. And and it's interesting. There were three members of the Liberal Party, three known pro-life people, um, uh, 
three members of the ALP voted for it. Um, you know, one of those, I think two are actually Muslims, which is interesting in terms of um, the pro-life position there in terms of late-term abortion. Um, two members of the Shooters and Fishers Party, um, and there are two of those in the upper house very small party, but but quite conservative in their values and voted, and two members of the National Party, um, and of course, as Rachel says, herself. But, um, you know, so many other people that could have supported this, um, even in terms of what they actually said when the bill was debated, that they had severe reservations about abortions after 24 weeks, um, even they didn't vote for it. So that was that was concerning. But good to see that people have actually stood up to it for it um, and we would have liked it to be more but the the battle goes on well, Victorian listeners, uh, well, Victorian listeners voted for the people who are there in the upper house in Victoria, and uh, there may be listeners who are thinking, "I wonder what my member voted," and you might be able to check that out because it's interesting, uh, Jenny Stokes, that when we do vote in an election, not only are we voting for those economic issues, which are very, very important, and uh, the economic management of a nation or of a state uh, is super important, but there is also another dimension that goes along that and that is how our leaders are legislating and how they think on a range of ethical and moral issues that can actually change the shape of a whole culture. If we turn our attention to the federal election campaign that's going on at the moment, uh, do you have a, a sort of a general impression how things are unfolding? It's a long campaign. What are your thoughts, Jenny Stokes? Well, I think the the importance of the uh, issues is actually really important and I think significantly on the, the sexuality issues and that's really shaping up to be perhaps what the mainstream media aren't talking about but what certainly the conservative Christian groups are all talking about. And it was interesting this week to actually see some of the mainstream commentators writing in in the papers, particularly the Daily Telegraph, the Korea Mail and so on, mainstream commentators saying, look, if you vote Labor and Greens, this is what you will get. And uh, Piers Ackerman actually had having having compared you know um, you know the difference between Malcolm Turnbull and Bill Shorten and saying look even if you're not happy with Malcolm Turnbull um, a, a Labor government led by Bill Shorten will be you know the most left-leaning government that Australia's ever seen and so I think that's a significant point um, but this week Piers Ackerman has actually picked up what we said last week is that the idea of same-sex marriage you will get um, you will get a, vote, a bill to legalise same-sex marriage within 100 days if Labor is elected. They will fully fund the Safe Schools Coalition. And it's interesting that last week um, the Greens, we talked about having uh, in their policy committed $32 million to f- fully fund the Safe Schools Coalition. So this week Labor has actually said not only with all their other things, they're planning to appoint a commissioner to support the community or be a champion of the LGBTIQ community um, at the Human Rights Commission, so that's one of their aspects of their policy. But they've also said that they will fully fund the Safe Schools Coalition and continue it on. So we we already have them saying this is what they're going to do. So, you know, um, and it's interesting to see even conservative commentators are actually saying, look, be aware that, that if Labor, and the Green, uh, Labor gets in, or especially if the Greens get the balance of power, they'll be pushing Labor to do even more. This is what we're going to get. So those conservative commentators to keep an eye out for, and listeners might even be able to Google some of those articles and have a look what's been written. You mentioned Piers Ackerman. There's also Rowan Dean and, of course, Andrew Bolt, a conservative commentator, and they've all been writing various things that 
take a position that typically Christians would hold to in a conservative position on a lot of these ethical issues. In fact, uh, Andrew Bolt uh, wrote a story just recently uh, called uh, The War Against Christianity, certainly came out and uh, defended what was happening in uh, Christian uh, the way that Christians are being reported in the media and uh, very, very strong on a lot of points uh, that were uh, um, uh, just alerting his readers about just how Christianity is being treated by the media and, and in politics. Well, I think that's right. And it's, it's, it behoves all Christians to actually get out there and say, look, the background of Christianity, what, we've, what Christianity has actually done in terms of life, in terms of education, um, the development of science and technology, a whole range of things that Christians have actually led to because they actually believe that the world is knowable because we have a God who's knowable. And uh, it's not this random chance sort of uh, founding of the universe, if you like. And that because of that, Christians have actually set out to model what Jesus teaches, to actually know the world that we live in and to look after it. And we're told in Genesis to look after the world, to be good stewards of the world. And uh, and that's what we as Christians are about. And unfortunately, we sometimes get painted into a corner that we're only concerned about you know, moral issues. And yet we see that the moral foundation of the nation actually determines where we go, what we do, the sorts of policies we're getting. And this week we've also published our election 2016 webpage. We've got a few problems with our website at the minute, but it is up there. Um, so we're sorting that out. But our first election website saying these are the key issues. We'll be putting out a whole range of information over the next, over the next month. Uh, we've got an introductory briefing there at the moment. And then we'll be doing things like the Christian Values Checklist will be out. We'll be looking at the policies of the major parties on the moral ethical issues. Uh, We'll be looking at how to find out who your candidates are and the importance of getting to know their views and their values, as well as the policies of the party. And also we'll be doing things on the Senate voting system and how to get the best out of your vote by voting for as many as you can possibly can can support um, above and below the line. Because, you know, all those people on the left will be voting for the Greens, so we actually need to make sure that we use our vote wisely to um, to try and get Conservatives elected. Well, it's going to be a very interesting time ahead. And the idea that uh, rusted-on conservative voters are a little up in the air about how their voting patterns might emerge in this federal election has to be a concern for all sides of politics uh, here, Jenny Stokes, but especially the conservatives, the LNP, who might expect that people are going to vote for them just as they always have. But there are some challenges there, aren't there? Because uh, this whole left-leaning leadership within uh, the conservative side of politics isn't something that a lot of conservatives are are, are very happy with. And, and people are looking for all sorts of different alternatives, ways that they can vote. But when the alternative is Labor or the Greens or Labor Greens coalition, uh, there's not a there's not an easy uh, fit uh, for where a Christian might decide to put their vote. Well, I think that's right. And so one of the things that I think is is important to do is just to understand how a vote for a minor party, um, whether that's Australian Christians, the DLP, Family First, um, ALA, all of those ones who might be on the conservative or Christian end of the spectrum of the political parties, that you can vote one bit for them and then vote for the coalition. And what, there's two things that happen with that. You give the coalition a message that they're actually not getting your key vote. Um, the other thing is that... The, um, 
the major parties, if they get over a certain number of votes, they get paid several dollars per vote that they get as a primary vote. And so the more votes they don't get, the less money that the taxpayer actually pays to these major parties. So there's a couple of reasons why we should consider carefully um, preferencing and voting for the minor parties, knowing that your vote carries full weight in the, up, in the lower house. Um, to the to that next party of your preference, and the same in the upper house, we can vote for minor parties one after the other, either above or below the line, and continue to vote for as many as we want, and still end up if they don't get elected, preferencing those um, those the more conservative of the major parties in our vote. So important to recognise that we need to vote carefully um, when we come to vote. Well, Jenny Stokes, I'll point people to the Salt Shakers website and there'll be lots of great resources on there. And for people who are just, they have their interest pricked because there is an election campaign coming, wanting to know what the issues are, wanting to know what Christian and conservative commentators are saying about the issues. Because in the mainstream media, uh, most of these points of view are not being aired. And so uh, to point people to the Salt Shakers website, uh, you'll be able to find some resources there and uh, there'll also be uh, some outlines too of just how those voting changes might affect the way that you vote and how you might vote effectively and as Jenny Stokes says, uh, uh, for a minor party, one of the Christian conservative parties uh, that might actually uh, cause your vote to go a little bit further and make a bigger statement than you might ordinarily make. Jenny Stokes, great getting your insights. Thanks so much for being with us again today on 2020. Okay, thanks a lot. Great to, great to talk with you. Before you go, thanks for listening. There's lots more great audio on demand, or you can listen to us live at visionradio.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener-supported. Your donation, large or small, will help us continue connecting faith to life for hundreds of thousands of people across Australia and around the world. Learn more or donate today at visionradio.org.au.